You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Hello, that is Unique with Microdosing, which, as you well know, is one of our favourite songs of the last year. Um, and we are massively pleased to say we're here today with Unique herself. How are you doing? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I feel amazing. Hello, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> and it's a real pleasure to have you here in the studio with us because you are you're DJing uh, this Friday at the uh, Nizza. Yes. Apollo. Yes, I am. I am really excited to be back on the road and to be making a stop in Barcelona. It's been a minute since I've been to this city, so I can't wait to play some club club music for y'all and get down. Because you're not you're not just sort of, this isn't a flying visit. You're here for a week. Yeah, I'm here for the week and. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get a dose of <laughs> I wanted to get a dose of the city, you know. Um I travel so much and sometimes I'm just in and out, but any chance I could, I like to really, you know, explore and feel the culture. So, I'm excited I get to do that before I play for everybody. And how you played here, you were saying off mic you played here in 2018. Yeah. How did it go down? It went it was wild. It was actually a very memorable moment. I played at Razmataz and it was my first like uh first time I seen my name in like the the headline, you know, like the little Actually in lights outside. Yeah, like in lights outside and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, like I made it." You know? <laughs> Especially um Razmataz because we all know that that club is very infamous for bringing great DJs in and having a a great, you know, you could go there and have a great night. So um, yeah, it was it was insane, and I remember it, and it was it was so much fun. Yeah, and I had great food here too. I'm already stuffing my face. That's good. That's good. What food do you like? Of course, tapas. Right. You know, um, the seafood here is amazing. Um, great coffee. Whoa, and of course, all the pastries. I'm like really indulging in my sweet tooth right now. I- <laughs> You have to. You have to. It's so good. I'm glad Barcelona is treating you well. Yeah, I love it. And the weather's great. It's snowing back at home. Back in Jersey, it's like a whole snowstorm, so. And here you can, well, you're going to go to the beach, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to soak up the sun. That's impressive. <laughs> so I want to, like, can I ask a really, really stupid question? No question is stupid, but go ahead. Okay, well, you might think. <laughs> it's okay, right. One of the things I love about American music, right, uh-huh. is that you go to different cities and they all have their different sounds. Yeah. Um, like you go to Chicago, it's got a sound, Detroit, LA, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, particularly you you, you make Jersey Club, yes. right? How would you describe that to someone? Um. Okay, so Jersey Club... Now, if I was to compare it to something, I would say it's like your morning coffee, because uh, especially your espresso over here. It's definitely your morning espresso. It's your afternoon Red Bull. But to be, you know, to break it down, um, it's a genre that usually ranges from 130 to 140 BPM. And um, it's kick drum is what brings most people's attention. You know, that boom, 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 boom. And we have a lot of samples. We're a sample-based genre that's, you know, progressing into its originality. Um, And it samples numerous things like top 40 hits. We can remix a Rihanna song, but then also remix a political skit or take a 
a little catchphrase from a meme and make it into a club song. So it's very relatable on many different levels. And I feel like that's what people love about, you know, Jersey Club. It's a new genre. It just turned 20 last year. And I've been involved in the genre for 10 years now. So definitely have had a great time pioneering this genre at least the past 10 years um, all over the world. And we're infamous for our bed squeaks, our rambunctious vocals um, that usually tell you how to get down. You know, we're telling you, you know, move it to the left, to the right, drop it down, pick it up, spin around. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I, see, I wanted to ask about the bed squeak because I've always thought of it as a bed squeak. And then yeah. somebody said to me the other day, it's actually a uh, rocking chair. It I was is. like, you what? It is. Little John dropped that bomb on us during um, uh, lockdown. Uh, remember the verses that were going on? on yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Verse, the verses battle. Um, when it was still very fresh and on IG Live, I would tune in. And that was one of my favorite verses, actually. It was between Little John and T-Pain. And he just broke down that the bed squeak that we use is actually a rocking chair sample. So for us in Jersey, we're still like, it's still the bed squeak to us. But in, in actuality, it's a, it's a rocking chair. Because the bed squeak, you know, always made me think about sex. Yeah. And a rocking chair makes me think about like, you know, old people. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, too, because Little John did use it for that song that was definitely about sex. Right. Yeah, Some Cut was definitely about Some Cut. And it's close to <laughs> but like, there's a really big hip-hop influence, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I definitely feel like Jersey Club is the offspring of hip-hop and house music. You know, those are two genres that definitely made an impact in the city of Newark specifically. We have a lot of legends like, you know, Queen Latifah, you know, um... Tretch and the gang and those those were like the golden ages of hip hop too. So a lot of Jersey had influence in that as well as just house music. You know, we have a lot of legends and a lot of anthems that came out of Jersey. So it's definitely a mixture between both. And I'm happy that it's progressing the way it is because Jersey Club has so many subgenres because people have been embracing their culture in the club music. So it's kind of like its own genre that has subgenres because we even have like the club music that's more hip hop and rap and a little bit of drill. Then we have the hip hop, I mean, the Jersey club that's a little bit more like me. I would consider myself like more rap, but pop, you know? And then I have friends that are Latin. They have, they put, they remix Spanish songs all day. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. Like who would think that we grew this genre into be something that has so much depth and definition and you're now being called i've seen a uh, global ambassador for jersey club how do you feel good oh uh, yeah you know <laughs> i i'm just happy that you know the city is proud of me the city has been very supportive of the club movement from from their mouths they said it makes the city seem way friendlier because Nork has definitely had its, you know, its uh, reputation of being a city that got some wild stuff going on. So I'm happy we could shed some light on the city in a good way and um, just bring some hope to all the kids that make club music so they can see that there's like, you know, club music could bring them more than just clout and, and like lit dance moves in a good time. Like you could actually do something with this genre beyond just you know, Jersey. And I had to find that out for myself because I uh, five years ago, uh, well, five years ago I was here, but like seven years ago when I started DJing, I was like, 
I just wanted to be pop. I just wanted to do every Sweet 16 ever. <laughs> <laughs> but now, did you? yeah, yeah, I did. I definitely uh, started off doing Sweet 16s and house parties um, before I started touring the world. That's how I just didn't see any women. It was like hella dudes. And I used to be a dancer. So, you know, me and my girls, we had a dance team. And that's that was my main focus to be like prima ballerina and have this cool dance team that, you know, clears the floor at the party in a good way. You know, like yeah. everybody clears the floor for us, not <clears throat> not clear the floor, bad DJ. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what I was doing. But when I saw that there was a lack of women, I just took it upon myself to surround myself with people that knew what they were doing, like DJ Slink and Natus and the sound man. And anytime the sound, we used to have where we had to set up the party, so we will always have a sound man. And I was like, I'm coming with you before the party, after the party. I'm gonna practice while you're setting up and doing. I'll be the sound check, feel me, so I could practice. <laughs> and um, they would the my friends would actually like hear. They'd be like, Wow, like I don't know who's starting off the party, but they sound good. And they, then they would see me, and they were like, Wait, you DJ? And I'm like, Yeah. And knowing I did it, but that's how I got my start. <laughs> so this is the thing I love. But I was reading about your 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 history today, and basically you you got into DJing, and then uh, as it went, it, you realised that the the DJs were playing their own tunes. You're like, right, I'm going to make my own tunes. Yeah, that's that's what I love that 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 kind of spirit. It's like, yeah, all right, okay, I'll do that. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a, I mean, for me, it was just a Jersey thing. It was a lot of competition because the scene was kind of small, so. If you wanted to play all the parties, you had to have the hottest tracks. So, you know, I wasn't getting booked for No Sweet Sixteens if I didn't have a popping club song out. So I made it my business to either give vocals to a couple of producers. Um, but if they took too long, I was like, man, you guys are stopping the bag or the <coughs> potential bags um, and parties. So I, I started to make my own and... Yeah, ever since then, it was a wrap. I just started making my own club tracks and using my vocals. And with my dance team, since I wasn't a dancer anymore, I was a DJ, they would come with me to all the parties and kind of be like my hype girls. So it was cool. Like, And we, we would do block parties, Sweet Sixteens, go to the school dances. And wherever I DJed, I had my little street team of, of girls with me and it wasn't a lot of girls you know in the scene like that so everybody felt our presence when we did stuff it was cute it was like a sisterhood and I didn't realize how impactful it was for me and for those girls at the time because it really kept us busy and off the streets like every day we would link up um after school I was in college they would I would pick them up from school too sometimes I would drop them off flyers like here promote this at your high school or like I'll, I'll get out there let out and I would have like a club cd just playing for my car and they'll be like oh yeah like unique is selling cds after school like meet us in the parking lot <laughs> it was fun <laughs> this is the vixens right yeah the vixens we vixen and they're still they're, they're, they're still going you still got no oh. no it was it was definitely for like my adolescent years it was definitely a chapter and the unique story. But I still keep in contact with all of those girls. Those are my sisters. We always talk and they're like, I'm proud of you. Or like, girl, I need to come. Or they'll just pop up if I'm in their city, if they moved. So that's been cool. I want to ask about microdosing. Yes. Which is one of my favorite songs of the last year. Thank I was, you. It's not, it, it was 2021 rather than two. But the yeah. last year, right. One thing I love about it 
is you took this kind of like concept that was floating around microdosing it. Yeah. And you put it in a song, but not in a way that was like really heavy and like, look, I'm using this concept. I thought you didn't really like subtle good way, if you see what I mean. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea? Were you just like hearing the word and thought that'd be good or? Yeah. I mean, definitely during lockdown, I wanted to open up my mind, (laughs) you know, in new in new ways. And I definitely have experienced my up and downs with uh, lockdown love. So I, I felt like, you know what? Um I don't I don't want people to just feel like they could pick and choose when to take a little bit of my energy, my love. You gotta take the whole dose and really dive into it, really experience the whole thing in full. Um and I felt like comparing, you know, my love to that would be a cool thing to do. It was just a saying I said, actually. And then I made it a song. Like, I would be like, stop microdosing my love. Like, yo, don't microdose me. You know, you got to yeah. take the full thing. And then it became a song. Like, that was the hook. And I wrote the the song, you know, around that, that saying of just, like, reciprocation. And I feel like a lot of people have been, you know, diving into that subject and defining, like, what is a reciprocation they would like to receive, you know? Um, and boundaries and, you know, everything around that. So it was really cool to kind of have like a double entendre for like um, just my love, you know, like. And um, yeah, I I like to be clever. It was my first song where I really got to rap and tell a story too. Yeah. I I know most people are really excited to hear me, you know, just command the dance floor, like, let's go and turn it up and shake that thing. So I just wanted to give a little bit more of a different side of me and just show that, you know, just test my artistry, just really rap and really sing and structure a song. And, you know, the production too was something I really had a fun time doing. I wanted to bring it back to that housey era for Nork. I wanted Nork to have another banger. Um, but that was so my generation, you know, my yeah. generation's take on it. Should we have a quick listen? Yeah, let's let's listen. Rob, micro, microdosing. Yay. Microdosing. And I was just asking um, off, off mic, I want to ask on mic, like, were you surprised how much it blew up for you? Yeah, I really was surprised, especially because we were, you know, kind of coming out of, you know, being in the house. Um and it was new. It's not what people expect from me. So I was kind of nervous. But I'm really happy that people, you know, wanted to listen to what I have to say. And uh, I, I feel like I made a very impactful love song. <laughs> Do Have you got a lot of people who have said to you that they've had this same kind of feeling, the same kind of experience? Definitely. Definitely. Um, that Yeah, like, it's something they, they, like, yes, like, you cannot, like, you know, like, reciprocation, and I want to be loved. I want all of me to be loved and not just different, you know, just not certain parts. So I, I'm i just really excited to see. It, it, it really inspired me to keep going, especially with the whole project, because it was just one, it was just one part of the story. Every song on the project of Heartbeats covers a different type of emotion that I felt in, like, a relationship, you know? So microdosing was just the part where and the relationship where you realize I love you, but I love me more. What are we going to do? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like that. Like, I want to stay, but I want to go. And, you know, if I stay, do I love myself? If I go, like, am I making a mistake? You know, it was kind of just like that feeling. But, you know, I, I feel like they'll be able to see uh They'll see the story unfold when the music video drops. Yeah, you were just, you were showing me the music yeah. video drops. When does it drop? The music video is dropping Thursday. And it is uh, based on which terrifying, terrifying <laughs> Yeah, a film. terrifying movie, a, a terrifying masterpiece of a movie called Requiem for a Dream. Um, and a little bit of Rihanna's We Found Love. And um, the video director I worked with it on is, his name is Nimi Hendrix, and he really pushed me for this. This is the first time I've ever, you know, took a role in one of my music videos where I wasn't just uh, dancing and sexy walking. <laughs> I actually had to act. So um, it was really cool and it tells a story. And I'm excited to see, you know, more stories like this for like this age of dance music. I always look back at the nostalgic music videos of the 90s um, and, you know, just just. I love the house diva, you know, era. So I, I'm really excited to be able to add to this pot and this just new generation of rave, rave culture. See, because you, th this is one of the things I really loved about Heartbeats was it's club music, yeah. but there's loads of different emotions on it. You know, yeah. like it's not just, uh, there's nothing wrong with like club music just to dance. I like that as well. Yeah. But like Heartbeats kind of like, there's all kinds of sad songs. There's, you know, you're not giving me enough love songs. There's all, all kinds of things. Like, yeah. was that conscious or did it just kind of come out? Um, it's something I always wanted to do. So it was definitely conscious, but it definitely took some, it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. Me and my friends, we've always remixed love songs. Like where we mix a Ciara song, um, or, you know, a, a song by her or, you know, any R&B artist. So, you know, making my own rendition of that was definitely a little taxing emotionally, but in a good way. It felt like a purge and, as I'm growing up, I really felt like it was important to be able to have music that relates to me, you know, that I'm also proud of rather than just, you know, shutting down bangers in the club. So I really wanted to bring some depth and maturity to club music um, for that audience that's growing up with it, like myself, you know. Um, and, yeah, I, I felt like uh, since you know, my scene is pretty male dominated. It's really important for me to have a voice for the ladies. And yeah, talking about love and intimacy was really fun to do, especially because, hello, best weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, was kind of like, I definitely uh, took a lot of, of the old, like, you know, uh, a little X-rated club songs and added some of those elements into it so people could see like, oh, like she took that sample or, you know, like, oh, she said that little phrase. Like, that's what I heard in like an old Be More Club song or, you know, an old club song. So I wanted to do that. You said that the EP would let fans get to know you personally. Yeah. Has that worked? Do you think people kind of understand you from from listening to it? Definitely. I feel like they have a greater appreciation for my music as well because they've seen how it grew. Um, and, you know, even though it's love songs and it's a little like it's not as uh, happy, you know, and, and it, it's still energetic. I won't say it's not that, but it's not as like lighthearted as my other tracks. Um, I definitely feel like people just appreciate like that the range I could give as an artist. And I'm singing on this project. I don't I haven't really. You know, I've been I've been a theater kid forever, but I've always been nervous to sing. So now just singing on club tracks is something that I kind of want to take to the next level. So that was fun. So that's we're going to have more of that, more singing. 
definitely. I feel like people love songs they could sing along to. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. aside from just like the rap ones that are like clever, you know. So, yeah, definitely like more singing and more harmonizing. Okay, we're going to play um, Shame On Me. Yeah. Can I ask you, what's the song about? So this song is about um, not, I know most people might think it's about, you know, shame on that person. It's really shame on me. Like for real, like why did I let you embarrass me like that? It's about like that feeling of um, second guessing yourself, you know, in a relationship. Like, ah, like I should know better. But really it's like gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's... It's it's there, but in the coolest way. <laughs> in the coolest way. So yeah, don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't second guess yourself. That's what this song is about. All right, let's listen. Shame on me. And I'm shame on me. Shame on me, unique. Shame on me. Shame on me. Yes. Great song. Thank you. You were talking about the lockdown. Yeah. It was a creative time for you, right? You did a lot of uh, a lot of things. Yeah, it was actually very creative for me. Um, it was creative because I had the time. I wasn't always on the go. Um, but it was also creative because I had to be. <laughs> it was like pressure. It was like, how are you going to pay your bills now? <laughs> you know, so it was it was half and half. But it definitely let me it let me really grow, you know, as an artist and know what I want. When you take away all the fluff. You know, when you take away the hands up and the crowded clubs and the writer, you know, and, and the and the money, of course, like, and the people like reassuring you like, yeah, you're killing it. Greatest DJ ever. All of that was gone. It was just me in my room. So, you know, it just really made me, it really showed myself like, you really like this. Like, you're really going to do this forever, you know, and you really could do this forever. You have no, no, uh. No, like, ammunition. You know what I mean? And you don't got no no money. You're just, like, making it happen, you know? Every week I was like, okay, how am I, you know, what am I going to do to, like, cover this or cover that? And then it was like, you know what? The more creative opportunities started coming because so many people saw me working, you know? I wanted to live. I, I had such a crappy laptop at the time when like live streaming became a thing. And it was like super high in demand. Like everybody was like, we're going to live stream now. You got to know how to do this and this and this. And I was just like, what? I have to learn how to do what? <laughs> you know, and I was by myself. So I definitely, you know, I was on Bandcamp dropping songs every every week, every Bandcamp Friday. And you know, people knew they were like, yo, Unique needs a new laptop and we kind of want to hear what she got to do. So, you know, they were supporting me so much to where I could get a new laptop and I could live stream and I could make, you know, tracks. And I was like, oh, well, now y'all getting this track for free because, you know, you helped me get this laptop. So it definitely, it definitely really showed me who supports me. It reassured me that this is like what I want to do and that I could do it with or without, you know, all that all the extra stuff that comes with being a, a DJ. Do you think Heartbeats would have come out as it was if it wasn't for the lockdown? Uh, no. I feel like it would have came out, yes, but it would have just been a bit, like, more rushed. With this project, um, when I teamed up with Local Action, shout out to Local Action, I love them. They're, they're a London label that has international appeal. They they always put out great music from um, acts all over the world, great club music. They were the first ones to really start supporting me when I went over to the UK. And ever since then, I just had it in mind. I wanted to do a project with them. 
So I sent them that demo and they were like, hey, like this is really dope. Then I sent them the microdosing, like, hey, this is dope too. Like maybe like, you know, A, B and like I could put out for Bandcamp Day and make money to pay my bills. And they were like, nah, we think you should take your time on this, <laughs> you know? So I was kind of pissed. Like, I, I can't hold you, especially during that time. I was like, what do you mean you're going to make me hold on to music? Yeah. Like, no, like I have nothing else to do. Like, why not put it out? So, um, but, you know, I appreciate Tom for really just seeing potential in those few demos I sent him you know, beyond just like me dropping it as like a single or just like a little throwaway because I needed to pay my light bill at the yeah. time, you know? He was like, no, this deserves like a real rollout and this is, this is, whoa, like, whoa, sh- like, whoa, unique, this is you, you know? Like to the point where I was like, okay, we're, I'm gonna listen to you. So it took a year. I had most of those demos done already, but it was just a lot of polishing. And I really got to team up with my friends as well and have tons of Zoom sessions where we would, you know, make these tracks like unavailable with Rel. Like we were, he lives in Arizona, so we would have been on Zoom anyway. But, you know, we were on Zoom just banging tracks out and, you know, really saying like, hey, like I want this here. And we structured it like a project. And that's something that all of us from Jersey are kind of, you know, just stepping into as musicians. So, it was cool to have a project that we really treated as like a album. And I had my friend help me executive produce it. He would be like, eh, you need to hit this though. And I'll be like, eh, eh, eh. Like, like everything, like real proper, you know, artistry went into this. But sometimes I do just get creative and it comes out in one day. Like, was Heartbeats <laughs> your first actual record to come out? Like physical vinyl record? Or am I yes, it? it is. And I'm so honored to have music, especially club music. That is not tangible. Like everybody knows Jersey Club. Like uh, I don't need. So many of us have had our accounts deleted because of bootlegs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if they're too popular, they're like, hey, like people like this song more than our song. <laughs> so, so you know, music is is in all has become such a tangible thing where you can't really hold it. It just exists in this like you know air space, yeah. like the sonic space where we all just hear it. So I, I'm really excited that, you know, especially because it's a UK label and they're big on records, like that I have a vinyl of Heartbeats and I got to put more creativeness into it. Like on the back, it's like a little shout out. And then I made the poster and I got to collaborate with my friends in Jersey on all the artwork, like, you know, down to the the photography and, you know, the logos and stuff like that. And the T-shirts and just the whole packaging is just like real Jersey based creatives. So you guys are getting like real, yeah. authentic Jersey Club project. I might be misremembering this, but didn't you ha- get a billboard on Times Square? I did. Was that a Spotify Crazy. thing or, or yeah, something? Yeah, it was a Spotify thing. Shout out to Spotify. Um, they recognized me for being a, a woman in music that rides for the club scene and it's bringing it to new heights. And they're all about equality, you know, so they want women that look like me and are on the same path to be able to, you know, get that treatment and see that things are possible. I'm so proud of that because I, I it's funny. I just saw like a Facebook status I had wrote that was just it was in 2016. That was like like right when I started to go international. I, I went to Australia for the first time and that was so far. I was like across the world. I was like, whoa, this guy in the the water is blue. Like, it was funny. But, <laughs> um, you know, after that, it really opened my eyes to be like, wow, like, I could I could play club music outside of Jersey. But at the time, I just didn't see a lot of people look like me, you know? And I was just, you know, really adamant about 
representation and, and being the change I wanted to see. So for me to see an old status saying that I don't see enough diversity in the dance scene to actually being the person that helped, you know, create the change is wild. I'm like, dang, don't give up on your dreams, y'all. <laughs> and so you're staying, you're, well, right now you're in Barcelona, but you're, you're generally staying in London. Are you going to be working with Barcelona producers, London producers. I need to find more. So I, in Barcelona I, or London or both? Both, or? both. So in London, I've already hit the studio um, and banged out some tracks with my homie Finn, who is a part of Local Action as well, and DJQ, who makes some sick garage. Yeah, he's he's ish. Baseline. So, yeah, baseline. Oh. God. So I'm really excited about that, especially because... You know, London's always been like my second home. It was one of the first places that booked me, um, you know, to play. So it's always inspired me musically. The The dance music here is so celebrated, like, on a, on a level that, you know, America is just now getting to. Um, and, yeah, for me, it's really testing my artistry. It's like, oh, like, you got to come through with the vocals and, you know, like, hearing new sounds. And, yeah, I just love it. I, I, I constantly love to evolve. So... I I think, and this may be only my 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 sort of biases. I think I hear like something a bit UK new music a little bit, you know, a bit of that garage sound, maybe, or maybe it's just the way everything kind of interacts. I don't know. Nah, you're right. You know, I was chopping it up with my homie Finn, and he teaches me so much. And I'm actually learning more and more about how much Jersey has a relationship with the UK garage, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Like, I feel like it was meant to be. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I definitely feel like I'm on the right path to, you know, just finishing off where a lot of the pioneers started. And I think that's so cool. I mean, they definitely have... Garage has a little bit more swing, but the vocal chops is like, you know, what makes it cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so London producers need to hit you up. Definitely. I'm here for it. All producers. I want to see what Barcelona has to offer, too. I have some good producers here. Yeah. All right, one final question, because uh, you've been very generous with your time. What can we expect from your Barcelona gig? You're, oh, man. you're DJing. Do you, yes. do you get on the mic as well, or is it? Yep, I do. Okay. You guys are going to get a whole show. It's kind of crazy. I just came from Estonia, and I feel like everybody was just like, what else is she going to do? I'm like a musician. <laughs> I mean, I'm a magician. Um, you never know what I'm going to pull out my hat. But I definitely DJ. I love to MC and hype everybody up. Um, aside from that, I also love to, you know, do my raps live. Anything that you heard me rapping on, I'm going to, you know, perform it for you all. And, of course, sing. I, I sung Unavailable for the first time live, so I'm really excited to finally be able to perform our project live. And, yeah, get into the vocals. So it's a little bit of everything. Wow. The Unavailable is, is, a, is a really, really sad song. It is. What, what's but... it like to... It Sorry. is, but the girls were loving it. Yeah, because it spoke to them. Yeah, like the hands went up and they got all sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I, unavailable is the song I want to play out with. Can you can you introduce it for us? Oh, definitely. This song is about not picking up the phone, even though you know they're calling you. But you know what? <laughs> I'm answering all calls right now. Um, this is Unavailable by Me Unique featuring Rel off my EP called Heartbeats. Thank you so much for coming down. It's been Thank an absolute you. pleasure. And go and see it tonight or Friday night. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. Come through. Pull up. <laughs>